In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. Yes, you are. And you're Marcus Parks. That's me. Still, after all this time, he's still Marcus Jordan Parks. That's me, Benjamin Grant Kissel. That's it. Oh, my God. What did you do? Have you been watching holiday films? Actually, I did spend a, a full... I would say four nights watching at least two Hallmark movies in a row Hallmark. each night. Really? Not just for cards anymore. That's what I always say. You know, they're making movies now. <laughs> what would you check out? Uh, I think one of them that I checked out, I mean, every single movie involves a man coming back home from New York City. Uh-oh. <laughs> what were they doing there? Finance. Oh, my God. So they just have a bunch of money, but they couldn't find love. They could not find love, mm. but you know what? When they come back home and they find their college girlfriend, uh-huh. and you know, their aunt, she's been running this antique school store this entire time, of but she course. wants to sell it and travel the world. Why wouldn't she? <laughs> but wouldn't you know what? There's a Christmas parade to put together. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always a Christmas parade to put together. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, and then there's something about like a paranormal sleigh that keeps appearing oh, and disappearing. Cool. And, you know, and then they're, like they they can't stand a, they can't find a Santa Claus for mm. the entire Christmas season, even though the old man that gave them the sleigh and the tree mm-hmm. looks exactly like Santa Claus. And aren't they so surprised at the end when he shows up on the sleigh? Looks exactly like Santa Claus. I think you mispronounced Tim Allen's name because <laughs> I watched Santa Claus. Uh, which is phenomenal. So depressing. It's so sad. It's horrific. The child's just missing for 48 hours. Judge Reinhold's character is rational. He's the he's the one who married uh, the ex-wife of Tim Allen. He's got the kid. He's been a great stepfather. Yeah. He's doing nothing wrong. <laughs> and Tim Allen shows up, and he's obviously uh, a terrible person. Obviously. Yeah, and anyway. he's just divo- all the divorced dads at Denny's, uh, and they're acting like it's something normal. It ain't normal. It ain't normal. Good. And nothing was normal about this year either. 2017, don't let yourself think that this is normal. (laughs) We're not supposed to have a president tweeting jokes that your dumb grandfather tweets or says uh, around the Thanksgiving dinner table or the Christmas dinner table regarding climate change. So much for global warming. Bundle up. (laughs) Literally, Donald Trump tweeted out what every single old idiot everywhere says Mm -hmm. about how it's cold outside so what about that global warming (laughs) i doubt it and of course he doesn't understand the difference between weather and climate climate long trends weather what we are currently living in Mm -hmm. and of course the 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 climate represents what's been going on over a long period of time over the long term weather is short term and long-term trends say it's getting hot (laughs) but 
You know, I like get those get those water levels up. I'm six foot seven. Finally, <laughs> finally, my people will get to thrive when all of you are underwater. What do you mean? Th- how are you going to thrive? I, my head will be above the water. <laughs> that's not thriving. I, that's I'll surviving. eat a bunch of wet donuts. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, my goodness. Well, today was a good day. I got to go on Fox News, America's most trusted name in news. That's CNN technically, but that is fine. <laughs> it does. None of them should be trusted at all. It's the most watched. Yeah, most watched. And I definitely. got to equate Donald Trump to Ted Bundy. And I feel like this- <laughs> On air? On air. Wow. And I got a lot of hate tweets. A lot of people were unhappy with me. But I said it in the context of he wanting to be his own defense attorney. Mm-hmm. That's what egomaniacs do. That's what sho- sociopaths do. They think- they can get themselves out of every single mess that they've gotten themselves into like a small cub scout desperately trying to swim through quicksand (laughs) you just go to the bottom which is exactly where he is going and exactly what's happening to the trump administration in a lot of ways so that was a very exciting accomplishment that i had here uh just before 2018 nice yes uh marcus is currently dealing with a lot of hooligans in your apartment i know that marcus (laughs) there are some kids smoking dope and you talked to us about that and you talked to me uh, about that before the show there's a bunch of kids they sit outside and they wait for people to come in they say like oh no i forgot my keys can you let me in how are there so many kids leaving their keys every single day but you know know what you come in you know what's all over the stairs yeah literally Litter. Isn't that horrible? And it's Marcus all says, litter. There's de- there, there are doobie roaches oh all over the stairs. Gosh. And they're ordering pizza. What am I? Anchovy <laughs> pizza. What am I paying my taxes for? What are you I'm paying? Calling, I'm going to call my super. You better. That'll, that'll solve it. In no way is the super the one who is smoking all the doobies and making all the litter. That's all right. Don't you talk shit about Tommy Tamborski. I would never. <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you kidding kidding me it's the holiday season (laughs) mr tomborski great guy polish huh oh yeah interesting i guess it is greenpoint after all oh my gosh ladies and gentlemen so we're coming up here it's almost the new year this is the last episode before 2018 and what a crazy ride it has been marcus it seems like you know as we've talked about jokingly on the show before we have all aged we are the ones aging Mm -hmm. not the president donald trump's looking younger more orange than ever he's looking great superb he's looking a lot fatter he's fat (laughs) but he's never been he's never not been fat you think he's gaining weight no he's absolutely gaining weight it it Mm, is stress eating yeah he's stressed eating all them mm. cheeseburgers dipped in the mayonnaise yeah. no, he, <laughs> yeah, no. He's, yeah he's definitely he's the first president ever to have gotten fatter during office instead of aging yeah that's true he does not look older we as a country uh we have uh, gone through a lot a lot of growing pains going on this year very much so all beginning we forgot we forget about little sean spicer <laughs> what a time that was remember that I when remember sean spicer that. was out there lying on behalf of the president doing a much worse job than sarah huckabee sanders sarah huckabee sanders Horrified. Yeah, she's a goblin. No, she's not a personality wise. <laughs> yes. She she's a she is a scary creature. I you don't cross no. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Absolutely not. You notice Melissa McCarthy isn't mocking Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> no one is mocking Sarah Huckabee Sanders because they want to keep their head attached to their body. Sean Spicer, though, what an adorable little guy he was for yeah. the longest little time. Yeah, it seems it's Sean Spicer. I remember, of course, I remember us being outraged and you know, it seems almost cute now. And, and yeah. I and I think that 
that's very that's dangerous. It's the same thing uh, mm-hmm. we have about George W. Bush. You oh. know, like how you know he was a war criminal. Oh, dude. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. I was going through some of my stuff back home when I was back home for uh, Texas. I found my George W. Bush signed baseball. No kidding. Yeah. Look at that, and it said, "If I did it." <laughs> And you're like, is this from OJ or W? <laughs> I got it when I was a kid. He was running for governor hey. uh, when he still ran, when he owned the Texas Rangers. So he uh, signed baseballs and handed them out to kids. So Very good. I've got a baseball that says to Marcus from George W. Bush. And, of course, the first pitch after 9-11, he did nail it. So he knew how to throw a pitch. He absolutely did. He but did. George W. Bush is a war criminal. Yes. Uh, he, he should not be taken. Uh, he should not be um, seen as this cute, adorable guy who was just trying to get the uh, trying to get the, the tarp over his head. Do you remember that on the inauguration yeah, where he that. couldn't get it? Well, it was just a rain. It was one of those plastic rain. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a, a poncho. A poncho, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, of course, everyone said, oh my God, the days of W. But uh, yes, as Marcus just said, yeah, horrendous a, foreign policy. Yeah, he, he's and domestic. A war, yeah, he's a war criminal and, and he's the reason why uh, the kids uh, of veterans are fighting in the same war that their mothers and fathers fought in. Don't forget that. that we cannot yeah. lose sight uh, of that just because Donald Trump uh, is not the uh, the president that we want or need in this country does not mean that George W. Bush was either of those things. No, absolutely not. No, and don't forget about the financial crash, uh, which I really hope we're not headed for another after these stupid fucking tax cuts because there is mm. a direct correlation between tax cuts and huge deficits. Of course, people are uh, putting all of the accolades on the shoulders of Donald Trump, certainly Donald Trump heaping the accolades upon himself. Barack Obama, you have to give a lot of credit to Obama. Of course, when he took over in uh, in oh, uh, after the 08 crash, we were in a recession. Uh, not a lot of growth happening. And under Obama, the the economy is stabilized to some degree. And certainly you can't give all the credit to Donald Trump. You you give credit to the president as the same as you give, um, you know, if the economy was doing horribly, you would blame the president. If the economy does well, that's that's sort of part of the uh, the um, one of the accolades that you get as president or one of the one of the um, it, it, it falls to your feet, yeah. whatever happens with the economy, even though you don't have that much to do with it uh, in a lot of ways. So with Donald Trump bragging about how the, he is the reason why the economy is picked up it's quite nonsense because of course we just passed the tax bill uh and before that uh, his legislative uh, achievements were relatively limited quite small to executive orders and things like that not much for the economy other than completely deregulating uh so much of the industries um in many ways that need to be uh regulated specifically when it comes to um the big oil and things like that well i mean I mean, we can go back uh, there to his tweet about climate change. It's all short-term thinking. That's what all this is. That's everything that he's doing, any sort of uh, uptick uh, in the economy that can be attributed to Donald Trump is short-term. It's all these short-term type things because a Mm. lot of these – and I'm not saying every single regulation that's put into place should be there, but – a lot of them should be there. Some should, some shouldn't. Some yeah. are unneeded tax, uh, just a tax on corporations that are able to pay it uh, and whatever. But now, of course, they're saying we have over half a trillion dollars uh, from the five major uh, companies that's overseas right now. And they're they're bragging about how, uh, you know, Apple is going to start bringing uh, money back from their overseas shell uh, uh, holding accounts. And it's like, fuck them. 
Yeah. Like, why? I'm not going to give them a bunch of accolades for bringing their money back here. Now, they should have never taken it away in the first place. And the fact that the permanent uh, tax cuts, the fact that the corporations are getting the permanent tax cut and not the middle class, I think should be uh, alarming as well. Yeah. And I don't see why we have this uh, this worship for the boss, you know, oh, this yeah. worship for for the man, you know, this worship for for Apple and saying, like, good job on bringing back your you're ship. doing like, what's right. Yeah, yeah, you're doing what's right. Good job on doing what's right, but only doing what's right when you still make extremely massive profits like the profits have to be like extreme like ridiculously massive far beyond what any human being could ever need and i'm not saying like you know i'm not saying i'm a socialist or a communist or anything like that i'm not saying that uh but i am saying that there are a lot of these companies uh that Mm. take their shit overseas that take their businesses overseas just because they're not making a huge gigantic massive profit when they could just make a massive gigantic profit so we'll see if they actually bring that again over half a trillion bucks we'll see if those five corporations the the five top corporations bring that money over it's not as easy as making a phone call you know <laughs> these things are very intertwined uh with the economies that those uh that they are currently um manipulating and uh, and working in so it will take a while before we actually see any of the reward of these uh you know companies specifically tech companies silicon valley companies we'll see if it actually trickles down but if history uh, is any indicator it most likely won't no and especially when it comes to jobs a lot of people talking about companies like uh, AT&T they're in some hot water they had to apologize for slowing down the phones on purpose something we've all known was going on for a long time for a very very long time so they just sent out an apology and they've lowered the price of the battery from $79 to $29 Yay. so thank you <laughs> thank you so much for that Apple automation uh, those jobs that people talk about, those sort of like, um, you know, those uh, kind of fetishized jobs of like the coal miner. You think mm-hmm. about these uh, kind of people in, in real all-American and all-American sense. Those people aren't transitioning to go work at Apple. Yeah. It's not happening in the factories, Amazon. It's not happening. You look at Bezos, what he is doing with Amazon. These employers, uh, these employees rather, are getting treated like garbage because there's so much competition for these very low-level jobs uh, that there is no incentive for the corporation to give them any benefits whatsoever or treat them like respectable human beings. Bathroom breaks, uh, you know, 10 hours for five minutes. Uh, you know, you get to go to the bathroom. It's horrible because they know they got a line of folks uh, just outside the door who are desperate for work. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what kind of jobs actually get created out of this dang thing. Yeah, who the hell knows? But, you know, I, I mean, I I hope a lot of jobs get created. And you know what? If, if this does work, if this whole thing, if this whole thing does work and the trickle down works and, mm-hmm. you know, and everything works out perfectly, great. Sure. Wonderful. Awesome. Take those lessons and have them implemented by somebody other than Donald Trump. Well, have somebody you know, take those lessons and we can transfer those lessons to another administration, to somebody else. But Donald Trump is not the man that we need to have in office. I don't care about the guy. If he's able to bring some jobs and bring some money to the economy, I say I'm all for it. I don't care about his Twitter. I don't care about him as a person. If he's able to help his- people out with a thousand bucks or something like that, that means a lot to those individuals. And that shouldn't be taken for granted. It shouldn't be taken for granted, but his immigration policies mm. are fucking atrocious. Well, that's a whole nother thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is yeah. that if. And that you know, plays into the economy as well, of course. If his business practices do end up working, 
Great. Let's take that lesson and move on. But everything else he's doing, everything around those business policies mm-hmm. is fucking atrocious and indefensible. Well, and that goes into uh, the larger conversation regarding the tax bill, what was not in it, the extra funding for Medicare, Medicaid. That's Susan Collins out of Maine. She was the Republican who voted no the first time. She voted no on the um, on the GOP health care plan, and everyone applauded her and was like, wow, what a hero. She has her own interests. Same thing with Lisa Murkowski. Everyone applauded her, but in reality, she just wanted to get the kickbacks from the oil companies yeah. uh, after they allowed, after she uh, pushed for them to allow drilling uh, in Alaska. So now we have Susan Collins, who they better, Mitch McConnell better pay her back for her yes vote on taxes, and that will come uh, uh, here in the near future. Hopefully, they don't shut down the government, which I think they'll be able to fund it. Uh, the the least amount. The least amount of government duty is to just keep it running. Yeah. And it's it, we don't know. But that was going on with Obama as well because uh, we have two political parties that refuse to engage with one another whatsoever. Yeah, the whole government shutdown. Like, when did that happen before Obama? Because I can't remember a whole go- like a government shutdown conversation or threat happening at any point in my entire life before the Obama administration. It just became very common practice under Obama. The, re- the just zero negotiation, the 100% resistance coming from the GOP which is the strategy that the Democratic Party has now adopted as their own. Again, the American people are caught in the crosshairs between this hyper-partisanship. The vast majority of people just want uh, them to work together. For example, Bill de Blasio saying he's not going to take or suggesting that he might not take federal funding for infrastructure because here, in of Don- here in New York City because of Donald Trump is absolutely asinine. Uh, I don't care if he doesn't like Trump. Of course they don't like one another. We need roads. We need subways. We need things to function here. Uh, wh- where would de Blasio stop? I mean, the, unti- the entire New York City government is so intertwined with the federal government. Uh, you know, would they stop taking money for HUD, human uh, housing and human development? So th- that whole thing is nonsense. Rahm Emanuel, for example, uh, declaring Chicago a Trump-free zone – Total and utter nonsense. It does not matter. There's a person dying every two and a half minutes, shot uh, nearly every 15 minutes. And Chicago is only the 13th worst city. <laughs> so that's not even the worst city. But, but crime is going down in Chicago. Crime's going down. It's a it, funny. I hope so. Rahm Emanuel is not doing a great job as mayor, but that's a whole other thing. Well, I read, yeah, I read a, a, a fantastic article in the Times yesterday about crime uh, in New York City, but, uh, yes, you know, crime right. in general in the United States. And uh, this is it. I'm not really sure what this means, but crime in large cities is going down uh, mm. while crime in smaller cities uh, like Baltimore is going up 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 well Baltimore's always been extremely dangerous it's getting worse uh, so there's a lot of work to do and feuding personality feuding is not going to uh, be able to get the job done of course we have Cuomo going back to the tax plan here threatening to sue because this tax plan really does hurt blue states more than red states and as Marcus says on a regular basis this is why elections matter uh, because they do uh, they structure legislation to benefit the constituents of the people who are creating it and obviously we don't have one Democrat supporting this so there's no reason for them to compromise whatsoever and you have a situation where the believe it or not uh the tax plan benefits the red states more than the blue states well of course the tax plan benefits the red states more than the blue states the blue states have been subsidizing the red states for decades uh, yes i yes, mean that's the, re- true. Yeah, the and red we continue yeah the red states are the highest recipients of welfare absolutely you know across the board and where do you think that money comes from it comes from us it yep. comes from the blue it states comes from it, our state taxes yeah it comes from the people that pay more money into taxes uh and that's 
a fact. Yep. And it's it's terrible that you know they're always screaming about you know taxes being too high and. Those of us who actually pay those high taxes are the ones that are subsidizing them for not paying high taxes. So we will see. And, of course, this tax plan, $1.2 trillion, some estimated it's even more than that added to the deficit. Will it pay for itself? Uh, we'll find out, I guess, in a decade. Well, these guys are all gone. And who do we have to yell at then? Um, but when it comes to Medicare, Medicaid, they've got to get that going forward for people like Susan Collins. And then, of course, as you mentioned earlier, with immigration. DACA needs massive reform. They've got to get something on the table. And I think this is an area where uh, the Democrats, Donald Trump is so, he, he speaks out of both sides of his ass. So, of course, in the New York Times interview, he's talking about how he wants to work with Democrats on immigration. And then he sends out a tweet uh, where he doesn't want to work with Democrats on immigration. And he wants to make sure that the border wall is there. The interesting thing about this, the border wall, we all agree. Uh, and not to be like echo chamber, but it's stupid. Yeah. It's $19 billion of wasted cement. It's going to give some contractors some good cash, maybe a couple of jobs with a very finite ending. Yeah. These are not long-term sustainable jobs. However, the other issues that Donald Trump puts forward, I actually agree with. Getting rid of, right now we have a mixed uh, lottery and merit-based system. I think the lottery-based system, even Democrats agree. Uh, Chuck Schumer, as, matter, as a matter of fact, wrote legislation wanting to get rid of the lottery system and go towards a merit-based immigration policy, which makes a lot of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Get your best, get the brightest, get people who want to come to this country, participate, assimilate. Uh, they also call this kind of chain migration and things like that. You can you can uh, definitely find good common ground there when it comes to that uh, argument on immigration. Do away with the uh, lottery-based immigration system and go with the merit-based. That's totally rational. Also, DACA, Donald Trump talks about wanting to reform DACA. Everyone agrees. There was a Republican out of Florida that put forward a bill, basically just DACA, yeah. and it would go through the House and go through the Senate. And we would actually have a policy in this country that is um, reasonable, compassionate, and makes sense because DACA is a vetting program in itself. And a lot of people do say uh, that the lottery does provide some um, vetting, and it, it, it does, but uh, that's more for like extremism and things like that. And these vetting processes, I mean, they're not they're not really deep. They're, you know, they're, they're not sitting them down like Soprano. Like, the, what is it, Mr. Soprano? <laughs> Tony Soprano. Tony, Tony Soprano. There's not a therapy session going on. They're not really finding out what these people are all about. Mm -hmm. But a merit-based program, you can have a lot more data, a lot more information on the people, and it just makes a lot more sense. But Trump is so ridiculously caught up on this $19 billion waste when it comes to the wall, it really makes it difficult for the Democrats to compromise. It's possible he can get someone like Joe Manchin, uh, you know, out of West Virginia. And there are some Democrats that have a little bit more wiggle room, specifically Democrats that have been elected to states uh, that went for Trump. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like again, uh, Joe Manchin there out of West Virginia. There's a few others. But other than that, uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to get that kind of compromise going right now because we got the midterms coming up. And the Democrats really want to hold on to the momentum that they have right now. And as we're seeing with what we saw in Jersey, Virginia, and Alabama, which, by the way, Roy Moore still not conceding. <laughs> uh, perhaps he has now at this point. Um, by the he, time this episode comes out, he might have he will. He will have to. I, uh, unless, of course, he chooses to challenge, which means he has to pay up to seven figures or, uh, to, uh, to have an entire recount for the entire state of Alabama, which is totally asinine. Roy Moore, of course, complaining that Jefferson County, he called it voter fraud, but what happened was black people voted yeah and then in his right his, his mind he's like that's fraud that's fraud they, they, when did that when did that get accepted yeah
So, uh, you know, so you have the Democrats coming off these great wins, New Jersey, Virginia, Alabama, huge watershed was Alabama. So you got a lot of momentum going to 2018 for those midterms. So the question is for the Democratic Party, do you just hold your ground, dig your heels in, hope you can get control of the Senate, which is 51-49 at this point, very doable, very doable if they don't completely shoot themselves in the foot. For example, Doug Jones out of Alabama a lot of people on the left were upset because he said he was going to work with Donald Trump, speaking of congressmen that might be able to from the left. Uh, but it's like he's a Democrat from a red state, not just a red state, the one, the top five red states in the country, Alabama. Of course, he's going to strike a more moderate tone. And that's why I like politicians who are counter to the main political brand of their state. Well, Doug Jones, he's the model for the type of uh, for the type of politician that we need in this country right now. In the South, if you're a Democrat, absolutely. Yeah, well, uh, well, just anywhere, because what he's done is that he's going in and he's actually representing his constituents because he understands uh, that he's representing mm-hmm. all of his constituents, not just the ones that voted for him. And that's what a politician should do. Right. They should look at their constituents. They should look at their state and they should say like, all right, so there are people that didn't vote for me. I'm not going to take that as a personal affront to my character because that's what Donald Trump does. And of course he he doesn't look at the people that didn't vote for him and want to actively fuck them over. He still represents those people. It doesn't matter if they voted for him or not. He still represents those people. And that's the type of politician that we need in both red states and in blue states. That's what Republicans should. A Republican comes into office and they should look and say like, okay, so Democrats didn't vote for me, but they are still human beings and they deserve representation. We'll see what he does. We haven't seen his voting record, obviously, yet. He has not voted yet. Yeah. But we will see what Doug Jones is up to. Of, of course, you know, he didn't got he did not get over 50 percent. Uh, it was a very close election. Certainly not some like huge mandate in favor of the no, Democratic of Party. Not. I mean, <laughs> it, uh, in my personal opinion, it was a little too close. Um, <laughs> and I thought that Roy Moore was actually going to be able uh, to pull it off. But what we saw in Alabama and what we saw again in Virginia, speaking of politicians getting elected, and representing all of their constituents. Danica Rome, the first transgender woman to be elected into office. Uh, her making a great statement about the a person that she ran against, how he is now her constituent and she's going to treat him with respect. That was great, refreshing, and that's exactly what the Democratic Party has to appeal to, uh, the greater side of us. The question is, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, where do they go here in 2018? What is going to be politically advantageous for them? That's that's going to be uh, that's going to be the question. Do they compromise on certain things to say that they also have accomplished something or is it just so hashtag resistance uh, that they refuse to compromise on anything and simply run an anti-Trump platform? The 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 disdain. Donald Trump is currently at 56 percent disapproval rating. Uh, It's very significant. The amount of anger and rage. Uh, that this administration has harbored. Uh, the ill will that people feel towards this administration is extremely real. The question is, will you be able to win a series of elections? The amount that you're going to have to win, flip some flip some seats uh, in states that you're not traditionally uh, victorious in with simply an anti-Trump uh, resume. That's the main question, and that's what they're going to have to figure out. 
if they can figure out, if they can get some compromise, I, again, with immigration, that's a very universally accepted. Two out of those three things, other than the border wall, which is only controversial solely because of its sheer stupidity. Yeah. It's just so dumb. And not to mention, of course, the landowners in Texas probably not too thrilled with the idea of no longer having a backyard or a view or, uh, you know, just having a bunch of construction uh, from the federal government rolling through. So that's going to be where the Democrats really have to figure it out. However, if we go back and look at what happened in Virginia, New Jersey, and Alabama, it's about women. Women control 2018. If the, if the Democratic Party is going to take back seats in the House and the Senate, they are going to – they will – I believe that they will be coming out in droves. If you look at Alabama, 51% of the total vote was women. women uh, specifically, uh, 98% of black women – 19% of the uh, – of the, of the overall uh, vote was black women. 98% of those black women voted uh, for Doug Jones. That has to, that trend has to continue. Yeah. And I think women uh, specifically, just to speculate, they don't like Donald Trump. <laughs> just, I, it's, it's shocking speculation. But there are a lot of them uh, who really are mobilized, who really are engaged, who are really starting to um, – uh, get people out to the polls, as, as we've been seeing. So if that continues, perhaps the Democrats don't have to compromise. But then, uh, again, uh, what does that mean for the country as a whole? Yeah. Because there are a couple of infrastructure, for example, which is now on the table. Uh, Trump has a $200 billion plan. He wants the states to give in $800 billion. We need infrastructure reform. We need we need bridges. We need roads. We need my, – my friend Dave was in Minnesota. He – uh, he had just gotten over the bridge right after it collapsed. Duh. I mean, it's horrifying. This is very real stuff. We saw the situation with Amtrak. Uh, evidently, that was more of a... Uh, that was human uh, error. That, that was, was human a, error. That was the uh, driver being an... Or the engineer being an idiot and going too fast. I know. I don't know why. But anyway. But uh, <laughs> yes, he was. It's like, it doesn't, I'm on an Amtrak. I don't need you to be like... like I want to say Marty Janetti, but that's pro wrestling. <laughs> What's the name of the Marty? Mario Andretti. Mario Andretti. <laughs> ready yeah it's like chill out brother you're gonna get paid no matter what yeah um but the the train collapsed from a couple of years ago that was infrastructure related inf infrastructure related and so all of that stuff is very real all that has to happen so hopefully um we don't just have gridlock, gridlock. for the next year um on the base that the democrats are just going to again hashtag resist as opposed to govern but perhaps that will be enough because the anti-Trump the anti sentiment is extremely high. And uh, I don't see it going down as the tweets continue to come in. And uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, they also have to um, count on the anger sustaining uh, for, you know, the next, you know, almost entire year. Yeah. Uh, that anger sustaining and people not getting uh, fatigued. Yeah, uh, because you can start to see it. You can start to see people get after this first. Oh my year. God, there's so much fatigue. Yeah, I mean, just everyone's just so tired They're already, and it's just we're just getting started. Yeah, just getting started. That's true. I think they're. I think they're engaged though. Yeah, I think there's a people. You know. Some people are having more fun with it than others, but uh, there's a, there's a lot of just have joy. fun with it. Just have just fun just with have it. Fun. I mean, because you know, there's you just have to have fun with it. Use that anger, use that rage, and you can really do a lot of social change with it. And that's that that is the fun part. Yeah. The anger part is where you get it done, yeah. and then the fun part is when you actually see uh, the results. But we also have the situation that we have to look at with North Korea. 
Those tensions continue to rise. If we do end up having a military conflict in North Korea, Lindsey Graham, uh, the totally straight senator out of South Carolina, <laughs> you know, he gave it about a 30 percent uh, shot. Uh, it seems as if the Chinese and the North Koreans, of course, uh, they're no longer supposed to be selling oil. It's speculated that they might still be doing it. And I think that they probably are, uh, because that would make a lot of sense. If you just look at best interest for China, they need North Korea. They yeah. don't want they can't have, uh, you know, South Korea. They can't have a, um, a united Korea because then the United States is on their doorstep. They need North Korea. Uh, everyone, you know, kind of knows that. So they have to continue uh, providing oil, providing power uh, to the North Koreans. Where does that go in the future? Does that lead to a military engagement within North Korea? What the heck does that look like? That could change the entire landscape. I mean, maybe if we did have a skilled diplomat in office or even a person who is interested in appointing skilled diplomats well, in the office, then we might be able to negotiate something with China. But I don't see that happening something. I don't see that happening anytime soon because in order for that to happen, no. then China has to trust the United States. And the, the problem right is, now, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, they don't know what the United States is because we got two yeah. heads. We got uh, on a diplomatic front, we got Rex Tillerson out there. We have Nikki Haley, who, again, I know politics aside, I think she's doing a great job. She's the only states person in the entire administration. <laughs> she really and I think she could really run in 2024. Um, or if Trump uh, chooses not to run in 2020, who knows? I don't think running as a, as a second or third term for Trump will be uh, pol particularly politically beneficial, yeah. uh, given his horrible approval ratings lowest uh, really in since polling has ever been created when it comes to a first year presidency but if you look at what tillerson, uh, tillerson is saying much more rational much more um diplomatic uh and then of course you have donald trump who then just kind of flippantly watches fox and friends and tweets out whatever they said that morning when it comes to situations like the chinese relationship with the north koreans which completely undermines everything that tillerson does he, tillerson wrote a very articulate op-ed in the new york times as a matter of fact regarding diplomacy and with what is it 240 characters now mm -hmm. donald trump just totally erased it yeah so that's that's the issue if, it, if we had one if we actually had a secretary of state that was uh, taken seriously in that position, I think uh, things would be a little bit better. Yeah, but we uh, have, unfortunately, uh, an idiot that's going to erase everything his secretary of state says, no matter who it is. Uh, because I think, yeah. you know, Tillerson understands, like, just Donald Trump, it, it's amazing to me that after a year, he still does not appreciate the gravity of his position. Uh, he's still Rex Tillerson? Uh, Donald Trump. He's still, oh, of the presidency? The presidency. He does not. Yeah. I really don't think he appreciates the gravity you know of it. I think, he, I think he still believes that he's a reality TV star. I don't think he believes that he's actually the president with very real consequences. There are a lot of people, for example, to that point, when he tweeted about the Vanity Fair ridiculously, whatever, the stupid little thing that Vanity Fair did, where it was like 90 seconds, six things Hillary should do as opposed to running for president. Whatever. I'm not all butthurt by it. It is what it is. It's a comedy sketch from Vanity Fair. Who, it's not funny. Yeah. Donald Trump tweeting about it, talking about Anna Wintour, about how she was going to become a uh, ambassador to someplace, whatever. That's evidence of what you were just saying. He still holds on to these reality show entertainment grudges, which yeah. the, should be beneath him. A lot of his supporters find that to be like human like they that that to them is humanizing 
of Donald Trump. He's just as petty as I am. Exactly. (laughs) So his feud with Anna, I mean, in their minds, his feud with Anna Wintour is just like their feud with their neighbor Mm -hmm. or with the with the clerk at Piggly Wiggly. They all they all see it uh, as an extension of themselves. And that is why. Uh, he continues to tweet, and that base continues to gobble it up because they don't they don't want the presidency to be something uh, that is uh, that is bigger than them. No, they can't handle the idea of somebody actually holding a position of power. They want uh, to find someone that is as as you just said, as petty and uh, you know as insecure as they are. Yeah, I read a, a great uh, I believe it was a Washington Post op-ed uh, that was talking about like Donald Trump's populism and what it's all about and uh, a lot of it is about the enemy. You know, it, it's about having oh, yeah, of course. It, yeah, it's about having an enemy like the scandals don't matter. The scandals will not take him down as far as his base goes uh, because he's fighting the enemy and, and anybody so now- who attacks him is the enemy. Absolutely. And so now the enemy is the FBI, which is unbelievably fascinating. Of course, we go back to Robert Mueller. He talks about it in this New York Times interview. He just needs to the failing New York Times. (laughs) But I still have to talk to him. I have to talk to someone at all times. If I'm not talking to someone, who am I? Um, Like he needs attention. Yeah. You know, so all this stuff. He was bragging about how the media needs him. All he needs the media. But of course, they both they both uh, are mutually beneficial uh, towards one another. Ratings were skyrocketing in 2016. Mm -hmm. CNN was going crazy as much Trump as they could possibly get. Uh, probably uh, for the, to the detriment of the country. Yeah, breaking news, Trump tweet. Exactly, and they still do it. They yeah, st- I, I mean, I say, you know, as we talk about it, uh, you know, you, I, you have to talk about what the president does, uh, but at the same time, it shouldn't be, you know, every single thing, uh, every single tweet does not deserve 30 minutes of television coverage. We have wars going on all over the world um, and uh, a lot of very serious issues facing the country that are much bigger than Donald Trump's tweets. That's because the news is entertainment. It's not news yes. anymore. Of course. That's why I go on it. <laughs> uh, it's very entertaining. Um, oh, and, uh, com- by the way, congratulations on Wayne Coyne uh, acknowledging your uh, existence. And Doug the Pug. I talked about that when you were in here. Doug the Pug also, they were se- they're senpais. That's what Travis Morningstar told me. That was very fun. Um, so with that, when it comes to Donald Donald Trump, um, when it comes to the media, they're going to continue to fuel uh, one another. And specifically in this New York Times interview that he gave where he you know, talked about this collusion thing, talked about Mueller, the FBI being in the crosshairs of a GOP president is just fascinating, specifically because Robert Mueller, he was appointed in 2001 under W, obviously went to 2013, bipartisan uh, position. But certainly not a left-leaning position, as we've talked about. So the enemy is just so perfect for Donald Trump because you got all the rhetoric going forward with the deep state. You got all of that kind of conservative brew that's been going on for quite a while. And to some degree, I yeah, deep deep state government stuff. There's a lot of corruption in government. Everyone agrees with that, and it's got to be purged. I don't think it's being purged by Jeff Sessions, <laughs> but that's a whole nother conversation. So it plays perfectly into that narrative. And as long as the FBI... Russian uh, investigation is going on. He's going to use that in strain in a strange way, in a PR sense, to his benefit. They flip it. 
They flip everything. Just on Fox News today, I was debating this guy who was like talking about how the FBI investigation, it's only look, it's proving that the Democrats were uh, uh, complicit when it comes to the Russian dossier, which was originally financed by Republican opponents in the Mm -hmm. primary. Then the Democrats were like, I'll have that little dossier. (laughs) And so both of them are complicit. Opposition research, right? So they want to have it both ways. But if you want to believe that the FBI is really digging up some true dirt on the Dems, then you got to believe they're digging up true dirt on the Republicans. And the only people so far that have pled guilty, uh, Papadopoulos Mm -hmm. and Flynn, Republican, the only people with indictments, uh, Gates, and uh, and Manafort, Republicans. So uh, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. No, if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to believe the FBI when it comes to them uncovering the fact that the Democratic Party paid for the paid or lawyers for Hillary Clinton, uh, paid for the Russian dossier, then you also have to agree that maybe they're onto something with the Republicans too, and or you, with the Trump campaign specifically, not the Republicans, because it's a whole other thing. Well, what I don't get is uh, they say that the deep state is trying to take Trump down. What is the goal? of the deep state if not money uh and donald trump his tax cut his policies are putting money in the pockets of everybody so so who permanently so what is the deep state trying to protect against like what what are they trying to get donald trump out of like i don't get what the point of the deep state is what is donald trump going against on the deep state globalism Okay, so but that's this, about money. Yes, <laughs> I know. It's, about, so, it's all about money, right? And what the policies of Donald Trump are just putting money in the pockets of globalists in their definition. Yes, the of course. That's why we want that. What uh, is Apple if not a global corporation? It, well, of course. That's why we want their money to come back here. Yes. What in, is Exxon if not a global corporation? In the minds, they want. The, they want this one world government, this yes. idea okay. of, a, of a new world order, this idea of a strengthening U.N. Gers. Yes. <laughs> Although, I mean, this is Marcus uh, whispers Jews, of course, here. But, uh, you know, that's one of the great ironies of this entire thing. He's a very pro-Israel president. Uh, so it's quite straight. The Venn diagram of anti-Semites, uh, neo-Nazis, white nationalists, and then very hardcore Alan Dershowitz types, very pro-Israel. It's it's a strange uh, Petri dish there uh, of Donald Trump supporters. But to, to a lot of the, those constituents, they see the UN, uh, you know, as a um, as just a stepping stone to a one world government, and that's what Brexit was all about. They they want to halt that. They want to deter that from happening, and that's why we have Nikki Haley out there, who is you know uh, not so much Nikki Haley when it comes to the move to uh, Jerusalem, which we talked about on the last episode, um, but when it comes to uh, Donald Trump's speech in front of the UN, tell, telling everyone they have to pay more, all these kinds of things, that really uh, emboldens the base. And that, to some degree, if he wasn't such a do- dotard, uh, <laughs> it would be kind of nice uh, if we had a president who was like, pay more. He did it with NAFTA, and they are paying more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are some good things uh, that can come from the idea, or was it, uh, yeah, it was NATO. Um, so there are some. The ideas aren't all bad. No, they're it's just absolutely the not. way that they are. Uh, the way that they are um, presented is is Trumpian, and uh, that's. But if you look at if you listen to the Trump supporters, that's what they say. That's what as far as what's the deep state's goal. One world government, one world order, UN has control, no more freedom for you, no more country. Um, and of course, the irony is, as we continue to pull out of everything and uh, be slightly more isolated, we're just giving up quite a bit of power and uh, perhaps leading the way 
for uh, institutions like the UN at the long run to have a little bit more control and say. Mm-hmm. So, but of course, we have veto power with the UN. So um, that whole thing. But that's but that's what they think, and it's it's grandiose thought. It's conspiracy thought. But that's what they think about when they think about uh, the deep state and what their ultimate goal is. But as you just said, it's an oligarchy, number one, and uh, the oligarchs are thrilled. Yeah, exactly. So. The oligarchs are, are thrilled. I mean, if you think the way the world turns, if you think it turns on anything but money, you're kidding yourself. It's not about power. It's about money. It's always well, it's been about the same it's, thing. It's, well, it is the same thing. Exactly. And uh, there's a hell of a lot easier yeah. ways uh, to get power and money uh, than to form a one world government and try to t- and, uh, recruit FBI agents to try to take down the president. You know what you do? You buy the president. You have him give you tax cuts and boom, you got money. You got power. That's how they do it. And that's how yeah. they've done it. Yep, and they will continue to. So the Mueller investigation, that'll be interesting to see where it goes. Donald Trump, the worst thing he can do is uh, to just get in the way of it. That's where if he tries to cover anything up or if he tries to halt Mueller, which he will not, I don't believe he'll be firing Robert Mueller. Maybe Rod Rosenstein, the dude who appointed him. Of course, the deputy AG under Jeff Sessions. Maybe he's on the chopping block. That's a possibility. He might be able to get away with that politically. He knows he can't fire Robert Mueller because that's a whole, that's, it was risky enough firing James Comey. So uh, we'll just continue to follow where that goes. And again, I think both sides, there are people shaking in their boots uh, on both sides of the aisle. They absolutely are. And they should Uh, all be rooted out. Yeah, sure. Both sides. Um, And of course, you know, I'm not a fan. I don't like, it's just so, it's it's very strange to see the left like really defending the FBI. (laughs) I I don't, uh, the FBI has done some horrible things in the past. The CIA have done some horrible things in the past. Uh, they have. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, they have. I believe uh, that there are good people uh, in the FBI and the CIA. Of course, there's a ton of sure. horrific people, but just like, you know, there are good and bad police officers. You know, there are, yep. you know, good and bad district attorneys mm. out there. Uh, there are people that are in law enforcement in this country. Of course, there's going to be uh, some bad people, uh, but there's also going to be a lot of good people out there who truly believe uh, in America and truly and get into these law enforcement positions. Yeah. Because they want to, they want to defend their uh, neighborhood. They want to defend their city. They sure. want to defend their state. They want to defend their country. Uh, there are good people in there. Uh, so I think we have to at least put some faith uh, into. Of course, don't trust them implicitly. Don't no. <laughs> don't think that the FBI uh, and the CIA uh, have um, no, no. completely a great interest in your well being. But you do have to put some trust in them. But of course, that is a critical trust. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you, that's a whole other thing with the drones and whatnot, because those are coming home to roost. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other horrifying thing. But as we always say, Alex Jones talks about the prison plan and those kinds of things. The Jeff Sessions is it. Uh, what Trump is doing is it. Uh, Joe Arpaio is the prison planet. That's all they're trying to push forward. Uh, incarceration rates through the friggin' roof. Mm-hmm. Um, those our, are the bad people. Those are the bad ones. Anyway, we'll see what happens. A lot, a lot will uh, go on in 2018. A lot happened in 2007. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely for sure, and it'll be an exciting year, and I think there'll be a lot of change in 2018. It'll be similar to what happened, uh, you know, in 2010 uh, when it com- when it comes to Obama uh, and the Democrats. Of course, Obamacare, Obama got away with. He got mm-hmm. reelected, but they really, uh, the Democratic Party got uh, devastated. They, it was really a referendum on Obamacare, yeah. and Obama was just so charming. Although this, this stuff where he's hanging out with the prince a whole bunch— Come on. (laughs) 
Will he go to the wedding? Will he? I don't care about the wedding. Good Lord. But we do have an American princess now, so. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not Ivanka, although it could be. Uh, and I say leave Melania alone. I know, I you know. You always know that. And she's she's against cyberbullying, so maybe she could talk to her husband. <laughs> that might work. She is against I, it. I don't think they speak to each other. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining us this year. It's been so fun conversing with you. And uh, we'll just how, keep it going for the next year and keep it covered. Guy Fieri's American Grill is closed down so that's kind of the biggest celebrity death of the year uh which is sad the grill itself was a celebrity in my own mind it's closing down uh, december 31st Mm -hmm. so if you're in the new york city area uh make sure you go check that out before well you still can't get those las vegas fries Mm. um all right anything else marcus Uh, if blue lives matter what about the men in black Okay, good point. Good point. Blue lives. Uh-huh. That's the, that flag, the flag with the blue line in it. That's a police flag. I did not realize that. Yeah. Until yeah, yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I think we all deserve a good hail yourselves, don't That's, you think? I think yeah, for, getting it, for getting through this year, hail yourself. Yep. And, uh, yep, we'll keep on giving you the information as we see it right here on Ableton's Top Hat. Check out all the shows on the LPN Network. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. Ben Kissel, Ben Kissel 1, Marcus Parks for everything. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.